0: A lack of information around addiction and mental health issues has led to a lot of confusion. Heroes in Recovery is here to set the record straight and break the stigma through the power of storytelling and by celebrating the heroic efforts of those who walk this road of recovery every day. Our movement is built on the personal journeys of survivors, shining a spotlight on the disease of addiction and creating a global community of support. Go to heroesinrecovery.com to share your story, read hundreds of others or join
1: us for a 6k race together we can break the stigma
0: that sober guy podcast contains adult content merciless truth and emotional nudity listener discretion is advised What's up? Welcome to sober guy radio. Thanks to humans for bringing us in and thanks to you for supporting the show We're live out in nashville at the innovations in behavioral Healthcare conference brought to you by foundations recovery network Much love to them for bringing sober guy radio out to nashville. We're having a great time If you're tuning in for the first time, I am shane raymer I'm in long-term recovery and i'm also honored and grateful to serve the recovery community through the sober guy platform So thanks again for being here and tuning in today Uh, I just want to say something real quick and then we'll get started today Um, If you're out there and you're listening and you or someone you love is looking for a life free from addiction, I promise you, you can have one. All you got to do is reach out and ask for help. And you can do that at www.thatsoberguy.com or you can go to foundationsrecoverynetwork.com and you can get more information there. Our guest today is Todd Stumbo and Todd is the CEO of Blue Ridge Mountain Recovery uh, Todd has worked in the field of addiction treatment for over 10 years and prior to joining the Blue Ridge Mountain team uh, Todd held a management position at another long-term residential facility in the greater Atlanta area uh, He's a certified addiction counselor uh, uh, Certified anger management specialist and relapse prevention specialist uh, Todd also brings personal recovery experience to the clinical leadership, which is uh, such a huge component Um, I feel like in in this industry and in the recovery community itself Uh, and also on top of that he's an avid sportsman Uh, loves to hunt and we're going to get into a little bit about him right now so Todd uh, thanks for joining us today man how are you
1: good man thanks for having me
0: yeah man it's awesome so we got to chat a little bit uh before we before we got going and uh i'm always excited to hear when i meet folks um that are working in this industry that have um, a personal journey of recovery themselves and uh i was hoping that uh, we could start with that man tell us a little bit about yourself and then uh, maybe share a little bit of your recovery story
1: yeah absolutely uh so i'm uh, originally from eastern kentucky Um, came from a great family and whatnot and and a lot of times people will want to blame families for for what's happened to them I had no excuse I just um, began using at a a pretty young age and it just kind of spiraled from there Uh, and I got uh, went to the jails institutions piece for a while you know Uh, (laughs) thank God I didn't experience the death but Uh, I was forced into treatment down here in 2004. Um, I had experienced drug-induced psychosis. I was in pretty rough shape um, coming off methadone and cocaine and uh, got forced into treatment. You know, and and the first myth that I want to let people um, know and and hopefully they hear is that you don't have to want to be sober to get sober. You know, I didn't want it. Uh, I didn't want it for the first six months I was in treatment. Um, And I always use this term, you know, you hear the saying, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink. I I get that, but you can lead a man to a well and make him thirsty. And I was that guy that that, that got led to the well, and I got thirsty over a long period of time, man, and it – I agreed to come down to Atlanta to a treatment program and stay for 90 days, and it's been 13 years. So Congratulations, it's, man. It's a pretty uh, a pretty humbling and a blessing that my parents could, could reach out and find some help for me, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. you know, um, I like that you're talking about you came from a good family because a lot, a lot of us in recovery um, – you know like for me personally my parents they had a lot of love but it was a pretty dysfunctional family and we hear that quite often and uh i don't feel I, I feel like that's more the case often than not than someone who comes from a good family and starts so was there anything in particular for you that um you know that that you think or that you found now after 13 years you can kind of look back and, and kind of see why you went down that path even though coming from a good healthy uh, family life
1: well, you know, at working with other people, because I hear it a lot about the dysfunction of the family and, and the clients we work with, sometimes we'll even blame it on that. And yeah. What I line up with is the emotional side of it and what they claim they felt, this emptiness that they didn't connect, um, almost like they were a slave to themselves. own selves, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and what I've realized coming from a – family where it wasn't that dysfunctional, I mean, it's pretty healthy, is that it, it It doesn't have, addiction has nothing to do with our childhood experience. That can fuel it and put fire on mm. it, but that's not the cause. Yeah. Um. And, and that proved just me and you sitting here talking that come from two different families yeah. that it that, that proves that's, that's, that's not the, the case. So, you know, I'd line up with the, the, the feelings of emptiness, like I never fit in anywhere, I just, something was off and I never could put my finger on it. And I always tried to fill it with something that was greater than me. Yeah. That made
0: sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it makes, it makes total sense. And, uh, I think when we're trying to use, you know, like like alcohol, drugs, it's a tool. And when we're trying to use something that's unhealthy like that to fill that void, um, it's the ultimate tool for self-destruction. Oh, yeah. No, it was
1: a solution for sure. I mean, I knew how to get rid of the the way I felt in a heartbeat, and it became that solution for me, uh, and I knew uh, no other way.
0: Yeah. Um, So you've had 13 years. Um, What is is your – like – when you work in the industry, I feel like it's it's easy to um, it's easy to get caught in doing the work. Mm-hmm. So, how do you kind of separate the work that you do and then your own personal recovery program?
1: Well, you know, early on it was hard. I I've, yeah. I've slipped into that world of using my work to fuel my recovery you know and it's a lesson i think we have to learn because it's no different than when i was using people tell me hey this is going to end badly and i had to find out for myself so you know what i started to realize was that there's a difference in What I'm passionate about and what I do on a daily basis to help others while I'm at work and then my relationship with God. Because my recovery in itself, I think that's all God-centered and it's a relationship that I'm building with a power greater than me at all times. My work is very different uh, in a sense. I do that out of passion and inspiration. It's what I love to do. I feel driven to do it. Um, but but my personal recovery, it has to center on this relationship with God and how am I strengthening that on a daily basis? How do I go to him and, and ask for guidance, help, direction, whatever yeah. whatever it is? Just
0: God um, doing for me, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you don't mind sharing, what are some of the personal things um, that, you know, like for someone out there listening who might be asking, well, I wonder what Todd, you know, what are some of the, the, the tips, some of the things that he does um, on, a, on a normal day? Uh, to help with your recovery program, can you share a couple of those?
1: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think starting off the day, I, I always tell clients I work with the first thing I have to do is make my bed. Uh, the reality <laughs> of it is, I do a whole yeah. lecture on if you want to change the world, you got to start by making your bed. If I can't complete that simple task, uh, the pro- I'm going to have problems the rest of the day. Yeah, um, I I do a form of meditation I call two way prayer. Um, that that I picked up from a book I read by Wally P. Um, so it's a pretty pretty powerful thing that they used back in the day in the Oxford Group that started in day A, and it's really our tenth step is what it is. Got it. Um, So it's a form of meditation where you, you you take all your thoughts and put them on paper, and you see what are God thoughts versus self thoughts.
0: So you're actually writing during oh, the yeah. meditation. Yeah. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, because a lot of people I I, hmm. I talked in my lecture yesterday about. They would tell me early on in recovery, "Go quiet your mind somewhere." Well, that's, yeah, that's not what gonna, I've ha- that's what not, I've always it, heard, and I can't. It's yeah. hard for me to do that. It's not my mind's happen. like, Phew. yeah. So, what I tell people is don't quiet your mind. You actually use that for your benefit. Yeah. And you write, I don't care how absurd they are, mm-hmm. how vulgar, mean, whatever. You write every thought you possibly can that comes to your head in, a, say, a five minute period down. And then you go back and you can kind of check it. Was it honest? Was it pure? Things like that. Yeah. And if it was, that's a God thought. Um, so, for example, I may have a thought, I, I'm I'm divorced, and I may, may say, God, I, I swear I'm frustrated with my ex-wife. And then the immediate thought after that, maybe, why, she's sick just like you are. You know, and it's like, see. boom, you know, God just hits you in yeah. the face with this, hey, that was for me, not you. you that's
0: know? a that, that's such a good point, too, because I know in my own journey and in, in my wife's journey as well with, with, with both of our faith, um, there's definitely, like, I feel like God has has been speaking to me forever. But I was, I never was able to recognize it for a long, long, long time. And and I'm still, that's still a journey and I'm I'm working on too. But um, these are, so this is a tool basically to help you do that, to open that gate up because it's there, it's up to us though as personal people uh, to open up to that and to let it in, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And you can, you can Google it and it comes up and, and, uh, what you do after you do your, your thought record, is you share it with your sponsor or somebody that's doing it too. Hmm. Um, but it, it's a pretty powerful thing to do. Uh, yeah. Check it out. Two way yeah. prayer and meditation. It's pretty cool.
0: Two way prayer and meditation. Yeah. Check it out. Um, so one of the things I noticed, uh, In the bio too is that you're a specialist in uh, anger management Um, from a man perspective a lot of us dudes out there we can get pissed off about things we can let things um, you know I know for me things can eat at me sometimes and I'll tend to fester on them if they don't go my way Um, what's your experience with anger management is it something um, on that you've experienced on a personal level and then also professional or what's your take on that
1: so the way I found out people always tell me I had anger issues, the way I found out I was two and a half years sober and almost got killed off Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Atlanta, a guy was tailgating me and I bell out of the car on him and and face a gun. So mm-hmm. I literally got back in the truck and had this epiphany of like I just almost died and I wasn't even doing drugs. Like, how does that happen? So you were sober for two years at that point. (laughs) I went to an anger management class. And uh, what I realized, man, is I don't have an anger problem. I have a fear problem so for me fear drives anger it comes out as anger because i can as a man look at you and say hey i'm afraid of this and it's making me feel this yeah. you know so yes. what i started to realize is anytime i feel angry the question i ask myself what is it i'm afraid of am i afraid this guy or girl who whatever is going to step on my ego make me look yeah. bad getting one over on me so i don't have an anger problem i have a fear problem that drives anger so i had to go even deeper and and be honest with myself and other people and man the, even by my appearance people will will say well you don't look like you're afraid of that I'm terrified most of the day I'm constantly thinking of well what if this happens what if that happens? you know and it, it, it all goes back to that relationship with God and that faith of yeah. hey I'm I've got all this fear what do I do with it I can't let it come out as anger I got I gotta turn to God with faith and say hey man you're gonna take care of me you're gonna take care of my kids you're gonna take care of my job yeah you know, all that kind of, you haven't brought me this far only to come this far.
0: Man, no, that's, that's so, it's so huge, man. I'm so glad you pointed that out because uh, it is a fear-based thing, but how hard is it as men, right? Especially in the society we live in uh, today, we want to be, you know, we want to be strong. We want, like, just like you said, for our our kids, our wives, our families, um, just as a man in general, and there's, um, I'm absolutely all for that. And at the same time, how do we emotionally connect and be honest with ourselves and say, Hey, I'm okay with um, being scared of something I'm okay with not knowing how to do something, but let me get after it and learn how to do it I'm gonna do it. You know what I mean? And, and I, I think like once I figured out that it, it's okay to It's called embracing the suck. I think mm-hmm. I heard yeah. once like so just blood, embrace right? that shit and let it come in and I'll figure it out You know, I'm okay with that. Like how do you? How do you feel like? um when you have other men come in how do you kind of relate that to them like because we're taught to just not cry not show emotion like just be hard put your head down work hard get that shit done and don't bitch about it you know? and i
1: look at them and say because that way's worked well for you so far right? <laughs> you know yeah, it's that's probably I'm here, you're, right? you're sitting in front of me you yeah. know in a treatment program yeah. so i look back and i, I literally have to because i still want to go back to those modes yeah. and then i have to ask myself what you know i grew up in that environment where it was you know Eastern Kentucky and you just you just had to suck it up and get things done and do I want my kids my girls to grow up with a father that was emotionally disconnected And, and when I go down that road I don't ever want that to happen. Yeah. Because the though my dad deeply loved me, the one thing I can tell you was that I felt totally emotionally disconnected, and there's no way to get that back. Yeah. Uh, so when I look at it I for myself, I, I simply say when I get angry or I'm afraid, the reason I'm willing to sit in a group of men and talk about that fear is because it helps me in my relationships with my daughters, yeah. uh, my significant others, and things like that. Because if I allow ego to, to run my life, Life, it will destroy me once again. I've already tried Absolutely.
0: it. You know. How, so you have two daughters? I do. Yeah. Um, how like how do you feel recovery has helped you be a better father, man?
1: Uh, it keeps you humble and patient. Yeah. There's the uh, you know I've got a seven year old and a three year old, so That's, you know it's a uh, the the beauty of it, man, is I see God all over them. You know, it's awesome. Uh, it's one of the most humbling things. <laughs> to have a, have your uh, li- your little self, you know, you come through the door when I shouldn't even be alive, yeah. you know? And here I got yeah. these two little little monsters that love me to death, adore me. Yeah, Superman. When 13 years <laughs> ago, I, my own shadow wouldn't hang out with me. It's crazy, you know? So it's it's the most humbling experience I've had to have these two little human beings look at me like I, I'm just the, the most important thing in the world, so. That's
0: awesome, man. Congrats on that, man. That's real cool. Yeah, that's funny, because we have a seven-year-old, three-year-old too, but we have a boy, boy and a girl and uh yeah nothing better than being a dad but man patience <laughs> the patience gets tested that yep. is for sure i'm learning though that's a good thing uh, so uh tell us a little bit about blue ridge uh mountain recovery man what's going on over there and uh, uh what kind of what kind of treatment uh facility is it and how how's it helping others uh get sober and stay sober
1: so what we are just, uh, from an um, operational standpoint, it's a 35-day minimum uh, primary care facility. We're 18,000-square-foot mansion on 40 acres of property. Wow. Um, that kind of deal. What we have done, though, my, my big thing is I'm not so concerned about the treatment we do as much as I am how we treat people. Uh, my number one thing, no matter what, is safety for the clients, but, but the number two thing is customer service and courtesy. Uh, I was in treatment for 16 months, and I, I can sit there and tell you I, re- I don't hardly remember any of the groups. Yeah. What I remember is how those people treated me as a human being. Uh, So our number one goal is when you walk through our our doors, we want you to feel like you're accepted, that you belong there. And my end goal is is to start the fire inside of you that got started in me and inspire you to change your life. Yeah. Um, You know, I'd like to sit here and say that we do different treatment modalities than anybody else. But everybody does the same stuff. They teach the same stuff. Uh, what I will tell you at Blue Ridge, you'll experience different. You will meet a bunch of people that care more about you than you might care about yourself. Mm. And, and and that's what we hinge our program on is the experience you'll have when you come in through that door, how much we try to love on you when you don't even love yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, so it sounds like there's, there's really um, that personal connection there between... Um, I'm assuming the uh, folks that are actually there for treatment, and then of course the staff and uh, everybody who's involved in the in the center.
1: Yeah, it's it's all about culture, you know. It's yeah. one of those things, and and again, we're big on the spiritual experience and helping guide people to their God if you will yeah. um, Guy out of SCRC kind of gave me that that little quote and I loved it because it's not everybody's got the same God but yeah. our whole goal is to guide you to one that will give you an experience that ultimately transforms who you are yeah. I don't have any desire to change people, I want to transform them, yeah. the, the change piece is easy, yeah. I want people to walk out of Blue Ridge and, and never look back and say man that place absolutely Transformed me and now I yeah. got to keep going forward.
0: Yeah, that's phenomenal. Well, if you're in the Georgia area and uh, you wanted to look into more about Blue Ridge Mountain, uh, or, did I say that right? Blue, Blue Mountain. Ridge Mountain. Yeah, Blue we'll Ridge, Ridge Mountain. Right? So, I don't yeah. know why I keep getting that backwards, but uh, it's 1 311 4018. And you could reach out and you can talk to a counselor if you're interested. And Todd, uh, if anyone else wanted to find uh, more information or reach out to you or someone on your staff, where could they do that?
1: They can also call um, 678-454-6440. 678-454-6440. Or go on to uh, the internet, Blue Ridge Mountain uh, and just check us out.
0: Cool. Todd thanks so much for sharing your story and uh, talking a little bit with us today, man. Uh, greatly appreciate it, my friend.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. We're live in Nashville at Innovations and in Behavioral Healthcare. Sober Guy Radio coming to you. Much love and uh, thanks to Foundations Recovery Network. Peace, love, respect, keep your blood clean.